Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is great to be with you. Uh, for those of you who I haven't had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Colin Schlotfeld. I am the associate minister and the worship minister here at Mount Pulaski Christian Church, and I'm so thankful that uh, I get to be a part of this church community. Uh, truly, it is a great, great thing to be a part of. Uh, all the work that God is doing here in Logan County and specifically in Mount Pulaski. But this morning, I'm thankful for three things, specifically. I could, I could list a lot of things that I'm thankful for, but this morning, I think of three specific ones. The first one is that we get to gather. In the midst of pandemic chaos, uh, in the midst of all of these new shutdowns, I am thankful that even though we have to wear masks and even though that we're spread out across the room a little bit further than we normally are, that we get to be in the presence of other believers. I'm thankful for that. I look around and I'm encouraged that I'm not alone in this walk, that uh, we all are here together as the family, as the church of Christ. Second, I'm thankful for technology. This morning, honestly, technology has been a booger. We've had so many technical difficulties, it's wild, but truly, technology is allowing us to connect with folks at home. So uh, if you're joining us online, welcome. I'm thankful that we're able to stay connected in this way during the pandemic. And third, I'm thankful that our church congregation has a hunger for the Word of God. It's a beautiful thing. I moved to Illinois two and a half years ago, which is wild. How has it been that long? But I moved to Illinois two and a half years ago from Manhattan, Kansas. And when I moved to Lincoln, I needed a church home. So I tried out lots of churches. And in October of 2018, I found Mount Pulaski Christian Church. And what I noticed about Mount Pulaski Christian Church is, one, you all were warm in greeting me. You all showed me hospitality, and I thank you for that. That was one of the things that kept me here, and I pray that that's something that we continue with new people in our congregation. And the second thing is I saw a hunger for the Word. I heard the Word being preached from stage. I heard people eager to discuss the Word in the congregation, and I believe that that still holds true today. I pray that it holds true today because one of the things that we believe here at Mount Pulaski Christian Church is that God speaks to us through his word. He reveals himself to us in his word. And when we encounter God in his word and when we uh, interact and engage in the story that we're called into that's revealed to us in scripture, God takes us from darkness and he pulls us into the light. And that's an exciting thing. And I believe that God will be faithful with that this morning and he will continue to be faithful with that as, as time goes on. So those are the three things that I'm specifically thankful for this morning. I just had a heart to share that with you. But today, let's get into the Word. Uh, over the past three weeks, this is the fourth week, we've spent our time in the sermon, in our service, studying the Word of the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. If you've read Jeremiah, which I encourage you to do, it is a dense book. It is uh, a book that you'll get done reading and you'll go, oh my goodness. But we've spent time looking at characteristics, at aspects of the story that Jeremiah tells to us, and we've observed what happened then, and we've considered how that affects our lives now. So three weeks ago, we started with a sermon called Get Ready, and we looked at the ways that Jeremiah prepared himself and that he trained to be a faithful servant of God. Uh, and specifically, we talked about rating ourselves of excuses, like we saw Jeremiah do in chapter one. Do you remember? God called him to be a prophet, and Jeremiah said, no, I'm, I'm too young. I'm too, I'm too young for this. I'm not old enough. And God said, no, actually, yeah, I want you to do this. And Jeremiah said, okay, yeah, let's do this. 
we're called to the same sort of obedience. So we rid ourselves of excuses. And then two weeks ago, we looked at a sermon called Let Your Heart Be Broken, and we observed the way that Jeremiah's heart was in line with the Father's. We observed the way that Jeremiah's heart broke in the same way as the Father's, uh, specifically at the sins that he saw the people of Judah, the people of Israel committing. Uh, he, we saw Jeremiah turning away from sin and uh, asking others to turn away from sin as well, and then finding an urgency to the work that was set before him. And likewise, we find urgency in the work that's set before us. And finally, uh, last week, we heard a sermon called Rise Above Discouragement. Like I said, Jeremiah is a dense book, and he's not called the weeping prophet for nothing. Jeremiah is faced time and time again with discouragement. And we observed how Jeremiah dealt with this discouragement. We saw him uh, enact a biblical pattern of lament. He worshiped through all of this. He recognized the presence of the Lord with us, and he worshiped continually, and we're called to the same things. And today, we're going to spend our time in Jeremiah chapter 38. So if you have your scriptures, uh, go ahead and open them to Jeremiah 38. And today, we're going to observe the ways that Jeremiah persevered in obedience and the way that God calls us to persevere in obedience. As we dive into the scriptures, let's pray. Let's ask God to bless this time. Father, we love you. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for giving us your scriptures. We pray that during this time, we would have open hearts to be changed by your word, that we would have open ears to hear your word, that we would be ready to enact your word, to be uh, the people who are like Jesus in this world as we leave this place. God, shape us, change us. We're eager to learn from you. And God, I specifically pray blessing over myself as I bring the word to my brothers and sisters. Would you uh, give me your words as you gave Jeremiah words to give to the people of Israel. We love you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. All right, so Jeremiah chapter 38. Here's the synopsis. Here's what's going on right as we get to Jeremiah 38. Jeremiah, uh, we've talked about this before, but I want to give you a refresher. Jeremiah is an Israelite priest turned prophet. He was called by God to be a prophet and to speak to the people of Israel. And specifically, he's calling people, the people of Israel back into the covenant. If you remember, Moses on Mount Sinai was uh, given the word of the Lord. And the Lord said, I will be your God and you will be my people. Spe specifically talking to Israel. And that was mediated through the law. In covenants, it's not just a one-way promise. But both parties who are in the covenant have to work together have to hold up their end of the deal in order to make the covenant successful. And God promises us that he will be faithful and he will uphold his end of the deal. It's up to us to uphold ours. But this covenant that Israel was breaking at this time was upheld by the law. You know, the Ten Commandments starts, but there's so many laws. Read Leviticus. This is, this is the kind of law that these people had to uphold, but they just turned away from it. They've been becoming a sinful people. They're not enacting the holiness that God has called them to. And so Jeremiah is speaking out against it. He's speaking of the, uh, the ways that Babylon is going to come and overtake the kingdom of Judah. He's gonna, uh, they're going to siege Jerusalem. And he's been doing this for 40 years. 40 years. And time and time and time again, he's obedient to what God has called him to. And time and time and time again, the people of Judah, the people that God has placed in his life, beat him down. 
They ignore him. They attack him. But Jeremiah keeps getting back up. And that's where we find ourselves in chapter 38, specifically verse 2. These are the words of the Lord that he gives to Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is speaking to the people in Jerusalem, and he says this. Thus says the Lord, he who stays in this city shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. But he who goes out to the Chaldeans shall live. He shall have his life as a prize of war and live. Thus says the Lord, this city shall surely be given into the hands of the army of the king of Babylon and be taken. Uplifting message, man. He is speaking some truth to power. He's speaking a really harsh message, friends. He is telling these people that they're going to be destroyed, that God is going to take them out, and that the people of Babylon are just going to override them. Not a great message to hear, but one that they needed to hear and one that they're ignoring. Specifically this time, we go on in verse 4 and listen to what the people did. Then the officials said to the king, let this man be put to death. Put to death. For he is weakening the hands of the soldiers who are left in this city and the hands of all the people by speaking such words to them. For this man is not seeking the welfare of the people, but their harm. Did you catch it? Did you hear what they're doing? They're slandering him. They're not speaking truth about what Jeremiah is doing, but they're after their own personal gain. Jeremiah is being obedient to the Lord, and once again, people are just ignoring them. And in fact, they're going further than ignoring him. They're wanting him put to death. And the scriptures go on. King Zedekiah said, Behold, he is in your hands, for the king can do nothing against you. So they took Jeremiah and cast him into the cistern of Malchiah, the king's son which was in the court of the guard, letting Jeremiah down by ropes. There was no water in the cistern, but only mud. Jeremiah sank into the mud. You have a picture of what's going on here. Literally, Jeremiah is being obedient to the calling that the Lord has given him. He's given him a very specific call. Go and say these exact words to the people of Israel. And he does it. And then the people say, yeah, kill him. Get rid of him. We don't want to hear it. And Jeremiah says, oh my goodness, again. Again, by this point, it's been going on for 40 years, like I said. And so Jeremiah is being lowered into a cistern, and he's being lowered and lowered by ropes, which was probably pretty painful. And then he was lowered into the mud, the scriptures say. And this mud starts sinking up and up and up and up. And Jeremiah is surely thinking, I'm going to die. I've been obedient to you, Lord, and now you're going to kill me. You're going to let me die at the hands of your enemies. What is going on? Starvation. Suffocation wet. It's cold. Jeremiah's story continues. Uh, There are people who go to the king and explain to him that Jeremiah was wrong. Jeremiah is pulled out of the cistern. He prophesies to the king. He speaks on behalf of God to the king. And the king uh, listens, but he keeps Jeremiah in jail, not in the cistern, but locked up. But I look at this I look at Jeremiah in the cistern and I say, man, God, why? Why, God? Have you been there? Have you been in a cistern in your life? Have you been faithful to what God is calling you to do? Maybe that's being faithful and providing for your family. Maybe that's being faithful in a specific call that God has placed on your life. Maybe that's being faithful by uh, working hard in your vocation. Have you been so faithful, but still life keeps beating you down? People keep knocking you down, keep ignoring you, just you keep getting bashed. 
side after side, time and time again, by all that life has to give you. And you say, God, why? I'm in the cistern. I'm doing what you tell me to do. I'm being obedient to you. I'm loving my neighbor as myself. Why, God? Have you been there? Because I have. I have. This is the 36th week um, since we went online for the first week of COVID. It's been a long haul. And I have felt moments maybe of frustration, sadness during the time of COVID. I don't want to compare myself to being in a cistern. I mean, Jeremiah's situation is far worse than what I have experienced. Probably far worse than what you've experienced. But friends, the pains, the frustrations, the things that you've experienced, they're real. Things that I've been frustrated with at God over COVID have been real. I worked here part-time for a year, and I started full-time in June. And friends, if you remember, June was right in the smack-dab middle of everything happening with COVID. Not like we're out of the woods yet, but what a time to start in full-time ministry. And I believe that God called me to work here in full-time ministry, and I, I wanted to be obedient. I, I came, and then all of a sudden, I mean, this isn't unique to Mount Pulaski Christian Church, but this is the things that I was feeling and have been feeling and been wrestling with God. God, you called me here, and now the state of it, Illinois is shutting everything down, and now we have these new restrictions, and now we can't do this, and now we're trying to do this, and we're trying to reach out to people in this way, but now we can't. And God's changing this, and the, the governor's changing this, and now we can't do this, and the weather's changing, so now we can't meet outside anymore, and now uh, we're trying this, and now all of our volunteers are sick, or we're in quarantine, and God, what do you want me to do? I'm trying my best. Maybe you've been in a similar situation. Maybe it's not with your job, but maybe it's tensions in the family. Maybe it's stress in your relationship with your spouse. Maybe it is tough times at work. Maybe it's loss of a job, sickness of family members, or even death of people that we love. These things are real. To make matters worse in the midst of all of this, I mean, everybody's dealing with stuff, but man, this, this quarantine, this time has made everybody raw. I'm experiencing it. I bet you have too. To make it all just the cherry on top, I moved to Mount Pulaski, which is a great thing. I'm so excited to be here. And you all have been so welcoming to me. Truly, I really, really am thankful that this church has provided me the community that it has. But for the first time in my entire life, I'm 25 years old, and for the first time in my life, I'm living alone. And naturally with that, because of the circumstances, comes isolation. Friends, I've been lonelier and experienced loneliness in ways that I've never had to deal with simply because I live alone, not to the fault of anybody, but because of circumstances. It's been a strange and painful time. It's been a time of wrestling with God. When I look at Jeremiah's story, I say, God, how? How is he so faithful? For 40 years, I would have given up. This has only been, what, seven months, and I'm exhausted. You're exhausted. Just look on Facebook. We're all exhausted. But for 40 years, Jeremiah is beaten and just taken head over heels all the time. God, how is he so faithful? How can I be that obedient? How can I persevere in my obedience? And the author of Hebrews tells us that it's by faith. Jeremiah perseveres by faith. 
Now, in our common understanding of faith, this really doesn't make sense. Because when I first think of faith, the thing that I think of is, yes, I've accepted Jesus into my heart, and then I was baptized, and now I have the hope of eternal salvation, which is great. It's true. It's exciting, and that's good news. But that's not the faith that the scriptures talk about. It's a part. It's a piece. But it's incomplete. The faith that the scriptures talk about is not just a confession of trust, but it's a pledge of allegiance that gives everything to the Lord. And what we see is that faith is the thing that carried Jeremiah through, but this is a pattern that goes through with all of the heroes of the scriptures. Let me just read this passage for you. This is Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 17. We're going to hear some of the greats from the Bible. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months from his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated as the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of anger of the king, for he had endured in seeing he who is invisible. That's Christ, friends. By faith, he had kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as dry land, but the Egyptians, when they were attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down and when they were encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish for those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, of which is Jeremiah, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. It is by faith that Jeremiah was able to persevere in obedience to what God had called him to, even for 40 years. And today, it is by faith that we are able to persevere all that happens to us. But the passage doesn't stop there. You see, everything that we learned about through Jeremiah's story is completed in Christ. The scriptures in verse 39, chapter 11, 39 say this, And all these, though commanded through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Here we go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It is by faith that we persevere in obedience. And you might ask, like, the faith, but what do you mean? It is in faith that we are opened to the work of the Holy Spirit. It is in faith that we grow in the fruit of the Spirit. It is in faith that we become united as the body of Christ, as the church of God. It is in faith that we are able to help the captives, to help break the bondages of sin and oppression, and uh, to help the widows and the orphans. It is by faith that we persevere in obedience. It's by faith. Now, you might be thinking, how do we develop that faith? I, 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 I tell you, we, we need faith, but how? You know how. None of this is mind-blowing. None of this is radical. We read the scriptures that reveal Christ to us. To learn about who Christ is, to learn to, to know God, we read the scriptures, and in reading the scriptures, our faith grows. We pray, we commune with the Lord, and we ask him to guide us by his Holy Spirit to all holy, holiness, to all goodness, to all righteousness. We pray, we read the scriptures, we pray, we encourage and we care for one another. That grows us in our faith, and that grows us as the church. We grow in our faith by doing the works that God has set out for us. We grow in faith by the things that we're called to do as Christians. We grow in faith. We grow in faith. But here's the deal. Nobody said that it would be easy. In fact, Christ said just the opposite. He says that it's going to be really, really hard. He puts it this way. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. Do you remember what the cross did? Jesus was crucified on his cross, and he asks us to pick up the same. Suddenly, the story of Jeremiah doesn't become so foreign, and all of a sudden, all of the things that beat against us, that stop us from being obedient to God, start coming into play. And we pick up our cross daily, and we walk by sight, by faith, and perseverance, and obedience. And you might be wondering, well, okay, so all of this is good, but Jeremiah was called pretty specifically. He was called pretty blatantly to be a prophet for God. I, I don't have a call like that in my life. What am I supposed to do? I say baloney. You have been called by Jesus to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love our neighbor as ourselves. That includes everybody in this room and everybody outside of this room. That's a command of Jesus, that we can persevere in, in obedience by faith. We were called to make disciples of all nations, teaching all of the, uh, the commandments of Jesus, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's a way that we keep the obedience, and we persevere. These are the things that we're called to do, and maybe God will give you a specific calling on how to work and to build his kingdom here on earth. Be obedient to that as well. Friends, we're called into this obedience. We're called into the new covenant. Remember, we talked about the covenant that was made in Jeremiah's time between God and Israel, mediated by the law. We are called into a covenant of faith between God and his people, the church, the capital C church, mediated by Jesus Christ, the one in whom we have faith. So church, my call to you this morning is this. Persevere. Be obedient. Keep the faith. 
We're going to practice that in two different ways this morning. The first is by giving of tithes and offerings. This is a way that we can grow our faith to help us be obedient, to help us persevere. We have offering plates by the door and by the communion tables. We have online giving for those of you who are at home. But this is a way for us to say, you know what, God? We really like our money. We really like to worship things that are not you. But you know what? We're going to turn away from those things, and we're going to be obedient to you, and we're going to worship you with our money. We're going to trust you. We're going to give you thanks for what you have given us. That's one of the ways that we're going to grow in faith. And the second way is by encountering Jesus at the table. Did you know that for basically all of Christian history, the church centered their time of worship around the Christian table, the the table of communion? This is because we believe that we encounter Jesus in a unique way at the table, and it's a beautiful picture. When we come to God and we say, God, I am beat, I am exhausted, I'm worn, I'm tired, we don't have to show up to a potluck, but we show up empty-handed, and we say, God, I have nothing but myself to give. But at this table, you give me yourself. You give me everything. You give me nourishment. You give me sustenance. You give me strength to go on. You give me the faith that we need to persevere as the world comes in around us, to stand our ground, to be the people of God that he has called us to be, the church that loves the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, to love our neighbor as ourselves. So these are the ways that we're going to practice our faith this morning. Act obediently. Keep the faith. And together, we'll persevere. Let's pray. God, life is wild. It's long. It's exhausting. And quite frankly, we're tired right now, God. And so we ask you, by your Holy Spirit, would you give us strength to have faith in Jesus, to live into the callings that we have received. God, we offer ourselves together as our church, as the community at Mount Pulaski Christian Church to you, to do your will, to build your kingdom here in Mount Pulaski. And God, we trust you that when the going gets hard, as COVID continues, as the world goes against what you have called us to be and called us to do, that we will be obedient and we will persevere because of Christ, that will take up our cross daily and follow you. We love you with our whole hearts. We offer this song of praise to you. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen.